Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 88 of the Rocket Punch Cast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Kearns, here alongside my other two compadres. First off, Mr. Will Turkhurst. Will, what's going on? I'm good, man. Uh, vertical? Well, uh, I mean, I'm seated, but alive. That's good. That's always a plus. We always yeah. like that. Yeah, I like uh, waking up every day. Yeah. We like being alive. <laughs> yes, we like being alive. <laughs> and... and and the resident jokester, <laughs> Mr. Chris Scott. Chris, hey, what's going on? Burr, 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 burr. Doing all right. Doing all right. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Yeah, we've had a yeah. pretty, I don't know, pretty standard week. Pretty gloomy weekend, though. Very it. gloomy weekend. Yeah. It, it wasn't wasn't the best. It wasn't the best of times. It was the worst of times. Worst of times? It wasn't the worst of times. But uh, we, we, had, we had fun a little bit. Uh... Even just starting the show off, I like uh, ChargerCon. We were able to go to ChargerCon. If you don't know, um, the local university, University of Alabama in Huntsville, hosts a basically big gaming convention. Well, I say big for them. Um, ChargerCon, we were able to attend. We had a lot of fun with that. Had a lot um, of fun. Yep. Had a... butt kicked. <laughs> you were... You almost had him. Almost. I think he started picking up... If people don't know, Chris actually jumped in and participated in the Dragon Ball Fighters tournament. Um, the second round, you were pretty close. I think he started picking up on some of your tactics. Mm. The key was that I, I, I... You guys have been terrible training sparring partners. That's the problem. So, so I have not learned to block properly. So while he would wait, I kept flashing in and... He was ready for well, me. Every we never time. said we were going to be great sparring partners. He did. He did. No. You did. I thought for sure when you picked it up, you were like, this is it. All other games are trash. This is what I'm doing from <laughs> now on. You were about to become even further beyond. And then. No, no, no. Just because I love Dragon Ball and I will play every Dragon Ball game released, guaranteed, does not mean I will be good at all. Oh, man. I feel like I was. Sold a false, a false set of goods here. Don't, don't even try that. You love the no. game. You enjoy it. I do enjoy it. I no, do enjoy it, but I got whooped badly. Yeah, I'm well, gonna, let's I'm gonna be see. After we one. were all uh, out drinking, playing pool and all that stuff, we come back and play fighters. Uh, you showed us who the pappy was around here. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, oh man, well, I'm not gonna play this against you anymore. <laughs> no, I'll I'll play. I just under I I'm, I set my expectations accordingly. <laughs> Now, Ultimate Ninja Storm, that's a different ballgame. Yeah. That's, yeah, we, we're really good at that one. <laughs> We've had some pretty epic battles going on there. Yep. But no, guys, if you're watching on Twitch if you, or listening on podcast services, if you did not know, this is the Rocket Punchcast, where groups of friends from all around come around this table to talk about video games into microphones. You can listen to our episodes every Tuesday on podcast services of your choice. If you are listening on podcast services, we do ask if you would not mind Go to that podcast service that you're listening to. Rate and review us on there. That does help spread the word about the Rocket Punch cast and the crew there. We would really appreciate it. Take five minutes out of your day and get us a review on there. If you want to watch us live, if you're watching us on Twitch, you can watch us every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time over at twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive. Uh, you can tune in, watch us goof off, so you can actually put faces to horrible words, whatever we're saying. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe horrible. Words. Maybe maybe part of the kind of hate speech we give them here. <laughs> well, whoa, maybe, whoa, maybe, whoa, whoa, whoa. maybe part of the suspense is the fact that people may not know what our faces look like, and so they get to make up their use their imagination to make their own interpretation of what we look like. Yes, I look very sexy. <laughs> Imagine me being very sexy is that, is that from your, here on. Is that your like? I don't know, European ash. Ash Trish. <laughs> ash Trish. 
I'm not gonna. If if you guys want to see all the content that we do, all of our podcasts and our streams, you can always go over to rocketpunchgo.com. It's gonna be your one stop shop to get all the content that we make. Um, if you are loving the show, loving the content, want to help support us in any way, please go over to rocketpunchgo.com forward slash Patreon. There you can actually go read up more about our Patreon and what that means and how you can help support us. And look at all the cool different tiers we have and the different items you can get. As little as a dollar a month can help keep the lights on, keep the mics hot here in the Rocket Punch studio. There. Um, ooh. Patreon. As far as Patreon goes on this month, what, what do we got going on this week? For uh, some of our subs, we have rolled out some of our new tiers. Um, kind of new and updated tiers that we have on Patreon. Um, we are doing our free game giveaway uh, this week. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something you want to be tuned in for as well. If you are at the $3 or more tier, um, you have a chance to win a free game this month as well. Um, we'll, depending on how long this runs, we could see about a bonus episode for Rocket Punch Cast. Depend- it's pretty late here, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, so you may get that this week. If not, it'll definitely be next week there. Um, any other patreon stuff we got going on this week um well we did a live podcast over at uh charger con so that's that true. will be going up that's true and that uh, we're being very nice because that is not our bonus episode for this month so if you're at the one dollar or more tier you'll actually be able to get that audio of our um <laughs> very off the rails talk over at charger con uh, it's pretty exciting we had a lot of fun with that i don't know i don't remember us building rails for that discussion we didn't no no i, I kind of did but we, you know how that thing goes. <laughs> oh, fair. Um, if you are watching us on twitch.tv slash rocket punch live um, via our video source as well, make sure, number one, you click that heart up at the top of your screen to give us a little follow there. That way you'll know when all of our streams go live. And also as well, not a lot of people know this, but if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you're paying for Amazon Prime, uh, you actually get automatic access to Twitch Prime, which allows you to give one sub for free to any streamer of your choice. So if you do have that free sub up on your Amazon Prime account, we would definitely appreciate it if you threw it our way. Uh, that that definitely helped us out as well, along with the Patreon stuff. Toads appreciate yeah, We definitely appreciate that. Yes. Um, as we always like to do, um, if you have any questions for us during the show, if you are watching this live as we record it, you can just put in the hashtag AskRocketPunch into the chat and, and ask any question you want. At the end of the show, we will answer them as we see them there. Um, to wrap up some housekeeping here, some updates, um, probably last and final time we'll talk about it as well. If you did not catch our game of the year coverage from 2017, uh, the website is still live. You can go over to rocketpunchgo.com slash G O T Y. See all of the winners, all the audio, all the episodes we did. Uh, we have all kind of fun, cool statistics about the episodes we did. It's pretty cool. Definitely check that out as well. Um, for rocket punch live for our streams going on this week. Um, if you're listening to this via audio services, you've already missed the first stream we're having. Um, we're actually going to be do a very fun um, Overwatch stream uh, this upcoming Monday with uh, probably pull a couple of people from the community, kind of join in with us, experience the Year of the Dog. I think, Will, you said that you played the Capture the Flag mode. Yes, it's fun. Yeah, it, I, I was interested because it. they said they were going to try and bring that back in and change some mechanics to make it a lot better. It worked just fine. You can uh, kill them to drop, have them drop the flag. You can recap your own flag. So, you know, plenty of flag capturing to go around. Okay, fair enough. Along fair with enough. mass murder, death, and destruction. 
Um, next stream we have is um, this upcoming Wednesday. Uh, Chris, you're going to be streaming Shadow of the Colossus Part mm-hmm. Two. Part Two. Um, Part apparently, apparently you did not know how many. I did not. Colossi, there were. I thought we were about wrapping it up there. <laughs> I took four of them down. I'm like, we got one, maybe two more Colossi left. I, I'm piece of cake. Knock that out in the next stream. No, no problem. No, you're maybe a quarter done. I honestly thought it was four more. I honestly, I'm exaggerating at the one to two more, but I thought we were at the halfway point. I, I was not. I, that hall isn't that big. I didn't feel like I passed sixteen. Well, they might have some hidden monsters. Maybe like when the first eight collapse, they have some more that come in. Oh, I, I have I, no idea. I can't. Yeah, it's been a I'm while. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Well, we'll definitely find out. We'll see how far you can get. Though. I will find out for the first time. Hopefully this Wednesday, I'll at least find out what happens after the next four. That's true. And then we will have, uh, later on in the week, we will have an After Dark stream with Will playing some Mad Max. I'm actually pretty excited about that one. Um, haven't pl- I have it. I haven't played it yet. But I've heard it's a pretty good game. Um, yeah, I mean, so far I'm enjoying it. But yes, we're going to go in and we are going to destroy all of the people trying to take my car and don't hurt my dog. Oh, you have a dog? In this game, you do. I was going to say, I don't remember the movies. He had a dog. Hey, look, it's a game. You can do whatever you want to. Warner Brothers Interactive. We'll see. Fair enough. Fair enough. And also, as well, if you are in the North Alabama area and you will be attending the Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo on uh, February 24th and 25th, Rocket Punch will be there. We will actually have a live panel at 2 p.m. on February 24th. So definitely, if you're in there, you're going to the convention, definitely join us for the panel. Um, It's going to be in the BBC North Hall. We're excited about that. Getting ready for that. It's going to be pretty exciting. Tis. Oh, yeah. That's all the housekeeping. We're done with that. So let's jump right into our table talk. Um, what, what has everybody been into? There wasn't anything that we all did at the same time. So we always like starting off down at the end. Will, what have you been into? What what happened with this week with you? Um, so I traded my Xbox One. Not the original Xbox, but the fat Xbox One. I traded that on a It's a shame you have to clarify that. Yeah, I know. You know? So I traded with that the, on with a those 1S. incredible naming schemes they've come up with that the, <laughs> the geniuses at Microsoft came up with. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah no, it was great. Um, no, I found a uh, one of the refurbished uh, Battlefield Olive Drab Green because apparently I have an obsession with Olive Drab. That was a nice. Didn't it have like a tone of orange or something in there? No, it's straight up OD green and black, and the controller's the same way. It's awesome. Yeah, that, that was one of the exclusive consoles that I really liked. I was had a really good but I didn't have to buy Battlefield to get it so it's great that was nice did it come with Battlefield no oh darn no no I I didn't want Battlefield which one was it was it it one right yeah yeah you really wanted Battlefront 2 that's what it was no no that's what it was everybody he really he's glad that he didn't have to get Battlefield so wanted it but he couldn't get it so he could snag that sweet (laughs) sweet Battlefront 2 Yes, because you, you know how much we all love loot boxes here. Love them. Oh, yeah, yeah. we love them. They're so great. Showered with them. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, signed up for the Game Pass on Xbox. How was that? Now, I like I know the new announcement, we've talked about it on the podcast before, about yeah. the updates to Game Pass. Like, But I've never used it. Have you used it? No. Like, no. How was so, it? If you don't figure out how to put it on PC, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, you scroll straight up down, and... Essentially, there's just a section right on the main page. You're like, hey, Game Pass. Of like, course right, there is. Cool. I can hit see all. It pulls up the store app, and I can just download those titles right onto the console. Well, just as far as the interface, does it look a lot better than it has been? It's pretty easy to use. They've cleaned it up a little bit, but it's still like that 
weird Xbox interface that they've got going on because they can't figure out how to make Windows look good on a TV. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Xbox interface, just go back to the blades. They worked. Yeah, the blades were cool. Kind of spruce that up. You could make it new. Yeah. I'm cool with a blade system like that on the 360 when it launched, but... Yeah. Make make the Xbox blades great again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. We, <laughs> um, like, they could have a hat. Maybe, like, a solid color hat with, like, white text on the front. We've, you know, we've never seen that before, right? No, never. Yeah. No, no, no. That'd be pretty cool. I'd, be down I'd like to get a hat with just the word gamer written across it. Um, anybody? Me. Anybody? <laughs> I'm going to drink more of my beverage. No, um... But I will say it is pretty nice because I wasn't going to buy ReCore, but it's in there. So I'm, I've downloaded that. So I'm going to give that a shot. You know, like the Halo Wars games, I wasn't going to pay for those, but they're in there. So I'll play them. Halo Wars 2? 1 and 2. Ooh, okay. okay. And 1, it's the definitive edition. They did the up-res cleanup. Ooh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, That'd be awesome. so, I mean, it's literally, for me, I don't know, I was like, cool. I don't need the 1X unless I win one for free in a context. I'm not going to buy one. Good luck with that. Preferably in solid gold, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Look, if Microsoft wants to give me a solid gold Xbox One X, I won't say no, but I will mm. turn around and sell it and buy three regular One Xs. It's gold! <laughs> or, uh, or even better, I'll keep my One S, sell it, and get a 1080 Ti or two. Or two. Or two. Could do a little, I, um, I don't know with the the cryptocurrency mining game going up. Good, good, maybe good luck finding put one. a down payment on one. <laughs> no, so um, funny thing. Apparently, uh, it's been getting around that if you're just ordering one, EVGA will prioritize your order over the uh, the miners, and they'll ship it like within a couple days, even though they're saying it's taking a couple months. That's nice. Have least... you seen they're selling them on Amazon in six packs? <laughs> what? you a six pack of graphics cards that's the dumbest thing i've well, ever heard if oh you're doing if you're mining for different cryptocurrencies then okay. oh i mean it's great for them but you know everybody else get like, out no, of here no. you're ruining you're ruining my game time but yeah you can uh, pre-purchase one from evga and they'll prioritize the gamer buying just one. that's awesome yeah, I, I think that's really cool i'm surprised nvidia hasn't found some way like that to I mean maybe it's hard I'm not sure I don't have a business degree nah. um, but it's cool to see some people kind of get up get in front of that to stop yeah. those um, people from buying up all these I, don't, I mean although from a business perspective it's a good problem to have right I know, I, man so, I've been so confused on so the here's the thing, thing right though, at the end of the day the gamers are going to keep coming back for new cards true how when the bottom falls out of the cryptocurrency market at that point that market's over Right. So they're not going to keep investing in graphics cards. So you got to look at long term, like what's going to be good for your customer base. That's true. Because this, this is, is a bubble that will pop eventually. That's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, as fast as it came in, it can go out or change and just like that. So Truth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, trying the Game Pass out. We'll see how it goes. Mad Max is one of those Game Pass games. And so far, not bad. I didn't realize it was a 2015 game. Yeah, it's it's been a while. <laughs> like, it's like, geez, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I have it on either PC or Xbox, and it was like ten bucks. I got it on sale somewhere. I, I, don't I mean, remember. I just got all the DLC for four dollars for Assassin's Creed Black Flag, so because that was on the sale. Well, that game was on mean, sale. You're you're mad about 2015? That game's like four years old, five years old now. Yeah, yeah except five. that game's good. It is good. So good game standing the test of time, as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. Oh, yeah. I'll still play Super Mario World. 
That's true. Is that yeah. it? No. Um, there's one other thing, man. Got a new monitor. Cool. And then, uh, of course, we also decided to, uh, like, literally last minute before the stream, we introduced Mr. Chris here to AMV Hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was an exciting time. I, I enjoyed it. I, I can't believe the video is an hour long now. I gotta, like, set aside time in my day to be able to catch up on no, that. No, there's seven of them. Yeah. Uh, set, <laughs> set, set aside a month. Be like AMV month. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's the highlights of the week. Because, of course, there's Warcraft and Overwatch in there. So. The week. Yeah, the standards yeah. will never go away. They're just always there. Chris, what about you, man? Uh, not a whole lot of gaming stuff this week. Um, you know, obviously I played Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, that was exciting. Hadn't played it before. Now, I, I'm actually... What do you think? What I'm curious what your thoughts are on Shadow of the Colossus from what you've played so far. The problem is, honestly, and we haven't talked about this. The problem is there's just been so much coverage over the last 10 years on this game that I had a slight idea of everything that I've come across so far. Oh, yeah. So, you know, now the fact that you told me there's 16 bosses makes me excited <laughs> because I'm like, all right, well, I've seen at least two or three more that I know about, so I'm, I'm, I was getting pretty concerned that I was going to go through the whole game having seen like one or two colossi that I didn't know anything about. So the fact that there's closer to 16, that that leaves me with a lot of hope. But you know, I, I obviously I'm new to Rocket Punch, but I've been following gaming my whole life. You yeah. know what I mean? So between magazines and YouTube videos and video coverages and let's plays and stuff, I just feel like. I had already seen so much of the game, and I was like, "Man, I gotta see something. I gotta see something more to really see what everybody's fuss was about with this game." But I had fun with it. I had fun with every game, though. I'm I'm a terrible judge of character when it comes to <laughs> games. I sit down and I'm just like, "Transport me to the world. I don't care. I'm having a blast. It's just fun. I'm having a great time with it. I'm. It's not nearly as life changing as I was hoping it would be, but you know, well, what I do think you want? that. We, we had a conversation about this because I played um, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Right. On one of our Rocket Punch live streams. And it was the same thing. Like, I never played that game when it was hot, when it was fresh. Mm. And so, like, I'm enjoying the game the very much. The sign wasn't lit at the Krispy Kreme. Yeah. <laughs> so, you get, like, you know, you, you're going in. It's Krispy Kreme, but it's just not. There's something, you're missing that extra oomph. And it really... I don't know if you'll ever be able to recapture that excitement from when you when it was like hot and everybody was like, "Oh my god, this game is so that awesome, is so crazy." So, uh, I definitely see your point there, for sure. So there was that, and then obviously I mentioned earlier the the tournament, Dragon Ball Fighters tournament. I went in. I played Gohan anyway. I know he's supposedly hot trash in the game. I don't <laughs> care. That's my boy. He's That's my boy, Blue. You do you. I That's did. What, exactly I did right. me. I absolutely did me. So <laughs> can't nobody take that away from me. There you go. So that's most of my week, really. Okay. I've been busy with other stuff. Okay, you know, I put in a faucet. Ooh. <laughs> Cleaned my garage. <laughs> oh, you adulted. I was busy this week. You I was very busy. Just yes, didn't quite game as much as I would have liked. I had, I had a lot of busy time with work and with meetings. Mm. We got slammed pretty hard at work so i didn't get in a lot but because of the power of the switch um oh, yeah exactly i played a lot more celeste yay love like i will games. say right now at least for us and for, for listeners and people watching is that i will um that's probably going to go on the list after this recording 
on our Game of the Year 2018 for a couple of different categories. Nice. Like best indie, uh, best narrative, uh, best uh, best character. Well, I, better, uh, I better get on this. I better get on yeah, this. Yeah, it's Celeste is really good, especially as I've walked down through a lot of the later levels. I'm, I've almost beaten the game. I'm at I'm I'm heading to the summit, so I'm assuming I'm at the last level. It's very good, and I'm I didn't expect the story to pull me in. I didn't expect this. I mean, I was expecting like, okay, cool story, but it's about the gameplay a little bit more. The story is just as very awesome, and it touches on a couple of themes you don't see a lot of. IGN gave it a ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's they 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 mentioned the story. They were like, I didn't, I had no idea this was actually gonna have a story. A story, like, and it has a story, a legit story, and it's really really good. I've had a really great time with it, and even with the challenges. These challenges get harder, but I know that, yeah, you die a couple of times and you, you get into that rhythm of like, okay, I'm on this screen. I go this far. Okay, crap, I died. But I saw this ledge. I know what I have to do. And you keep going. Okay, okay I got that next hump. Okay, but I got to figure out the next part there. There were some that I don't even know how I got through them all, but I got them all in one one shot. I was like, hup, 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 hup. oh, yeah, I got it. All right. How many of the B-sides have you knocked out, though? Oh, I have not done any of the B-sides. <laughs> No, I'll wait until the game is done before I jump into the B-sides here. Um, I think I have two unlocked so far right now. Pretty sure it's two. But, um, no, enjoying Celeste a lot. Uh, I know, Will, you've just picked it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, Chris, you got to get on the boat. I do. Um, I do. I'll, I'll try and rectify that this week. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. I'm curious what you guys think once you start playing through it. Well, I, I knew I was going to like it to begin with. Like well, I, yeah, I, I played so much Towerfall in the last few years that I, I was just chomping at the bit for this game to come out. I, I'm surprised it's taken me this long to pick it up because I knew it was going to be great. Uh, I think it's a good 20 bucks spent so far. I at least like the controls. Mm. Yeah, and then, I mean, they don't miss it when you learn the controls at like the first five minutes of the game. That's it. That's all you need to know. Um, that's it. Any more table talk? Not for me. That's yeah. it. Then that's it for Table Talk, guys. Now we're jumping up to our topics of the show. Um, if if you didn't know, if you're following game news, um, it was a pretty slow week as far as gaming news and crazy stuff to talk about. Monsters Incorporated, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. St- still and no. Unless, that, is, that is news. And at the end of that trailer, it still said 2018. I still can't believe it. So we'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. Even, in, even in February, they're like, I'm going to have it out this year. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. I'll we'll believe see. it when it's in your fingers. Mm. We'll see. I think they said that E3 2018 is when we should get a, a release date. I don't believe it. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. And the release date's gonna say something something 2019. No. So what I'm hearing, no. yeah, what I'm hearing is that's like saying Anthem will be out this year. No. That's been confirmed. No. no. I know. No. I know. I laughed cool. when they said 2018. I'm like, ha ha. No, it's not. It's getting pushed. Um, but guys, the first topic we want to talk about today are indies. Indies? No, no, not indies. Indies. But uh, indies I are... I don't think I've ever heard that term used before. I'm pretty sure they're called nindies. Well, yeah. If you're if you're swimming in the <laughs> Nintendo pool, then sure, yeah. No, um, I mean, we, why wouldn't you be in the Nintendo Hey, come on <laughs> in, man. Water's fine. <laughs> We we had a conversation about this, and I thought it would be a good conversation, but just generally talking about the indie games and the indie movement, as I put in here in, um, in our show notes here, indie games have seen a big shift, especially in the last couple of years, probably since 
what I, I think you guys will probably agree around the PS3, Xbox 360 time frame is they started popping up mm. or what we refer to as indies. Yeah. And then it got more and more prevalent near the tail end of that and especially into the this current generation of games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, but like, it, we every time we talk about indies, I know there's been some stigma from people about like, why are we calling them indies? Uh, you know, they're they're smaller games in scope, but, you know, they're still games, and people sometimes put the stigma of, oh, that's an indie game? Ugh, get away from me. I want my big AAA action games. But we, especially nowadays, thinking about it, we've gotten into a lot of our AAA games. Kind of suck. They, I don't even say kind of suck, but they kind of feel the same. Like, how many open world games did we get last year? We had fun with them. They were awesome, like, spanning multiple hours, but... Think about all the game. Like most of the heavy hitting games were very open world, mm. very similar structures. Um, the games as a service thing is popping off mm-hmm. with Destiny and Division and all these other games. Anthem's coming up. It's gonna be kind of along those same lines, and that's a AAA game. And but with indies, that's not the case. There's such a myriad of different things you can do with the indie space. And kind of the first topic of the show was just really sitting down and talking about this indie movement. You know, why does it seem as though indie games are taking more risks and doing a lot more creative things than some of the traditional AAA games there? And uh, asking the second question to this, can indie games bring back a creative renaissance to AAA in bigger games? Can having these smaller indie titles kind of help rejuvenate and add some more creativity and change to some of the bigger titles but i mean what first question like why do you guys think these indie games are taking a lot more risks than these triple a games are going on like what's i guess i'm when i look at this this way like you would figure your indie games wouldn't take as many risks because they're working with small smaller teams much smaller teams in some cases or solo with very small budgets i take very long amounts of time I think um, the game, the recent game I got, um, Iconoclasts, was seven years for one guy to make. Mm-hmm. Like, and you would figure more like the AAA guys, they have disposable, like your EAs and your Activisions, they got millions and billions of dollars and they could throw money at the problem if they wanted to. True. And, and so you would think with more money, you could take more risk, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Why do you guys think that is? Because they have investors to answer to. They have Wall Street cancer too. It's one of those where it's like because they have to show a profit like every quarter it seems, they've gotten to the point where well let's just do what makes money so that we can continue to be on the course we want. Instead of, hey, let's lose money this quarter so we can turn around and make a whole boatload of money next year. Yeah. You so you think that it's just I think it's business. You think it's business related? I, I think it's guided by the CFOs and the CEOs, and I don't think it's guided by the talent. I think that's a strong... I think that's probably the one a lot of people think of. It's just the fact that you have your businesses that are pushing and like, we want to make as much money as possible. For what end, whether that's to funnel it back into development on other stuff or maybe just to make sure their Christmas bonus is as fat as it can be. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but... I think that's definitely the common one is that, and we hear it a lot of the time when we, at least from reports of these bigger developers that are going in and they, they're being told you have to have this game out by this date so that we can make sure we hit our quarterly sales and make the money we need so that we could report that we're in the black. 
so that we can, you know, so our investors will continue to funnel money to us and we, you know, we keep doing what we're doing as well. Um, even despite some of the voices from the developer group saying, mm-hmm. Hey, we want to try something different. We want to do something new. Um, there. A- any thoughts, Chris? What do you think? Uh, same basic thought. Um, I mean, I think in the end, though, they are making some mistakes personally. I think that with the advent of the internet, we saw the ability to uh, obtain information from anywhere and everywhere about anything that we were interested in. So what that's then generated the entertainment industry into is a large span of niche audiences. Because at this point, you no longer have to watch one of the five movies released in the theaters. Or you don't have to listen to one of the, you know, ten stations on the radio or anything like that. It's opened up the ability for you to be able to listen to whatever speaks to you and watch whatever you enjoy. Uh, Services like Netflix allow you to get access to so much broader entertainment than you ever would have had being tethered to the cable industry and having to watch whatever programming that the cable industry puts on and then you have to watch it when they tell you you have to watch it and all that kind of stuff. We're now in a made-to-order society where where you can pick and choose exactly what kind of music you want to listen to. If you want to listen to, you know, reggae instrumental video game cover band music, that exists, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, literally anything that your mind can come up with that really, you know, makes you excited and you where you want to go you can find it so for the time being i think that you know the eas and the ubisofts and things like that are going to do okay you know they're they're trying to speak to that large audience and give them everything that they can possibly imagine all wrapped into a singular package but eventually that that time is going to pass and you're going to see the advent of these indie industries where if you want to play a game that happens to be a platformer that switches to a third dimension perspective and then also has some first person shooter thing in it or whatever it's mechanic that can exist you know what i mean somebody right now is working on something that yeah. you want to play so today it'll be fine 5 years from now it might be fine but 10 15 years uh, from now it's, it's funny you bring that up because i think that a little bit of that time has already started and I think we've already started to see some of the ideas and things that indies are doing start bleeding over into the um, larger AAA space. Um, some examples I have, at least two that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, everybody remembers Resident Evil 7. Mm-hmm. Cool little game, cool awesome game. When Capcom came in, they switched everything to a first-person perspective. It was great. We had a lot of fun. We talked about it in Game of the Year. We had a lot of fun with that. But one of the things we also noted and we remembered is that as far as the scope of that game, that really wasn't where we first saw that type of gameplay in a horror-esque game. Mm-hmm. It was Outlast. The first Outlast back, if I correct me if I'm wrong, back, what, two, three years back? Mm-hmm. Before Resident Evil 7 was even out and released to people. And so I know when it got released, I'm sure everyone had same thoughts and similarities that... A lot of those ideas they pulled, they got at least the concepts from Outlast, and even more so from um, potentially PT, mm-hmm. the demo that uh, Kojima made. Um, that got the game that got cr- basically canceled it was going to be Silent Hills, um, and I kind of see some of that influence there. And you know, Resident uh, Capcom said, "Oh man, look at how well Outlast is doing. 
with this cool thing, let's see if we could pull this into Resident Evil. And they did it, and it worked. It worked very well. I think Resident Evil 7 kind of brought Capcom and Resident Evil back onto the map as far as relevance. Um, another big one that's even more recent would be PUBG <laughs> and Battle Royale. <laughs> and the fact that PUBG, you wasn't even called PUBG Corp. It was this small company. Um, I can't even remember the name of the company before. Yeah, I think I want to say Blue Hole. That makes this Battle Royale early access game literally catches fire on Steam and on PC. And now all of a sudden, you know, Microsoft and Sony and all the big names want a piece of the pie. They want to get in on their console exclusively. You've gotten base Epic Games, a big AAA developer who was working on an early access game named Paragon. Now Paragon is gone. They've canceled that game and shut it down so they can focus more on Fortnite, which they introduced a Battle Royale mode to. We, we've contemplated all these different developers, like, who's going to be the next people to have a Battle Royale mode mm. put into their multiplayer game? And we know that. I know Ubisoft was one in their director's meeting last year, um, like their little QA quarterly meeting call. They were like, we, we've seen, we've watched PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, we see what they're doing, we're actively looking at those ideas to see if they'll take off. So almost guaranteeing that we're definitely going to see some of those ideas in some of their future titles. I mean, I think you'll always see the conglomerate titles where they try and grab every single idea. Grand Theft Auto V is a great example. Like, I can't imagine anything that you can't do in Grand Theft Auto V anymore. From street racing to Battle Royale to Bank Heist League Payday to, to you tennis. name it. Yeah, like... The playing tennis or it, doing yoga. It's <laughs> absolutely insanely jam-packed. And also remember that with Resident Evil 7, you know, yes, they did create that, you know, indie feel with Resident Evil 7, but it doesn't change the fact that they're really nowhere near the sales targets they put in, the unreasonable sales targets that they put in for that game. Uh, you know, I'm looking at some stuff right now. It says that their sales targets are 10 million copies for that particular game. Oh, wow. yeah, it hit 4 million in, like, October. But, like, how long did you think that train was going to keep running? Like, but even next you, October, it'll spike again. Yeah? I believe that, yeah. It, I'm really, like, looking at that more so just, like, these AAA guys are, are actively watching this indie market and they're looking at these indie games and some of these ideas in the indie market that catch fire. Oh man, look at that. Like Battle Royale. Like kind of the first per person horror perspective of Outlast. And I mean, if you wouldn't even get it even to some extent like games like Friday, Five Nights at Freddy's or something like that and kind of co-opting them into their AAA, basically the Big Brothers. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just... Cause I, I, Nobody would have a Battle Royale mode right now if it weren't for PUBG. 100%. I agree with you. Uh, and, like, it, that, that's a big one right there. And because that, because AAA guys saw so much, and I think it boils down to not necessarily, like, they're picking ideas off indies, but the fact those indies are successful because they had saw, we can make money off this, but we can put it in our big game so people will buy that $60 experience. Oh, you've got, you know, your regular standard game, plus you get a free or Battle Royale mode with it as well. I, I don't. I don't. And then we have games going back to like Owlboy, Stardew Valley. You know those where it's just like, oh, okay, cool. We're gonna take a an idea behind a franchise that was there and just hasn't been around for a while and bring it back in our own way. Yeah. And I, I think the key for the larger developers, what they're gonna need to do, is a lot like what EA does, where they just buy indie developers and just let the indie developers make their own game. 
you know, the, the um, A Way Out is a very indie, you know, mindseted title. I mean, just look at that developer. I've got yeah. <laughs> nonsense He does interview. what he wants, how he wants. That guy's clearly off the chain, and he yeah. managed to be just fine with EA. Mr. And Joseph they, Ferris. They bought yeah, yeah. Unravel, right? Yeah, they made that with their little EA program. Yarnum or Yarny or whatever yep. his name is. Yarnum is uh, That's Bloodborne. Bloodborne. <laughs> Like, are you mixing very those different, up there? very different game. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Come on. Um, so I think that you know those larger entities. I think that's going to be their best bet because uh, there's too many indies with really creative, cool ideas. You need to just buy them. They're, they need, they're hurting for the money, a lot of them. You know what I mean? Like, if you could find just a solid handful every year to just pick up and just be like, do this. Um, I don't think Sega bought the the company headcanon yeah christian, christian whitehead headcanon whoever it was uh studio but you know what i mean like that Here, outsold 10 to 1 probably on sonic forces oh, yeah. so uh, i've got an idea sega go ahead and hear me out you fire the sonic team and you make christian whitehead and headcanon the sonic team right but do you do you think that all indie developers want that? I mean, I'm sure there are going to be some indie no, guys that are like, want it. Oh I'm my. sure some do, and it would really some help will your look bottom, at the bank line, account. bottom line. Some will look at the bank account afterwards, and they'll be like, and you're still going to let me keep making this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there are some restrictions. Okay. You I can, can afford to put food on the table, and I can still do what I want for the most part. Right. Because I feel like there are a couple of indie developers that they'll see that, and like, I don't know if I really want to... You know, some are like, "Oh my god, I get to work with EA or Ubisoft or somebody like that. It's great." Because for them, it's like, "No, nah, I'm in legit in the industry." Mm. And then you and have then, some that are like, "I don't know if I want to necessarily be pigeonholed to whatever they're going to tell me how to play, how to make this game." Um, you know, and the big thing is that you're not going to have the success stories like Concerned Ape in Stardew Valley. Mm. Like, it's a one guy made that game off like five, six years, and he's. He's rolling. He doesn't have to do anything for a good long time. Uh, if he um, plays, if he gets a smart investment uh, attorney and an accountant, he'll never have to work again. Oh yeah, right. I mean, so. it's just basically it was him and the publisher, some um, indie publisher that I'm sure they're like, oh my god, this is our like, games. Yep, Chucklefish, yeah, like this is our marquee title. We're making so much money off him. Uh, and another question I have, I actually didn't add in here, but curious about your guys' thoughts. We kind of leaning more into these like indies that have kind of bubbled up to the top talking about the indie movement i think it would, i would be amiss if we didn't bring it up like the sheer amount of indie games kind of from us and from our perspective do you guys think there are too many games because that, that is a conversation that has been thrown around just because you go on to steam or you go on to the playstation store or you go on the xbox store and you you, you start looking at the smaller indie games and there are so many Take out them. all the early access titles. And yeah, then let's talk. yeah. The, 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 it, Steam is a cesspool, is the problem. So if you if you legit have completed indie titles that may not be bestsellers, may not sell a, a ten thousand copies, may not sell one thousand copies, but they're legit built from the ground up indie titles. I don't think you could ever have too many. Somebody's going to enjoy them, and if everybody's enjoying it, cool. It's the cesspool of uh, palette access. swap, yeah. early access, nonsense titles like Life of Black Tiger, and um, yeah, yeah, you haven't heard of this one? No. Oh my gosh, what a story Jim Sterling has weaved on that one. Um, 
you know, the funny thing about indies, they're keeping the Vita alive, even though Sony has essentially stopped production and doing all this. They were keeping the Vita alive when Sony left it. That was years like, ago. Abandoned them the street and no, like Vita Island, <laughs> if I remember correctly. No, but in all seriousness, people still play their Vitas because games come out and they still sell. Well, I mean, even to some extent, the Nintendo Switch. I think one of the big reasons the Switch is such so a hit. It's got so many games and a lot a lot of them are indie games. Mm. Some that I don't think I'll ever play. No. And I'll look through, but you you have a point. There are games that somebody is probably gonna like. Like, oh, this is a really cool game. I wanna play this. Right. Like you probably haven't played Comico, but I enjoy that game for what it is. Yeah. I've not. No? Mm-mm. I got my Switch. Yeah. It's in the game of the year <laughs> conversations we had. It, yeah, it, it, it was in the conversations we had a lot. Um Comico it is cheap too. I mean it, it's like five bucks. Oh, but like, yeah, I played that one. But did you? Even, I did. You had me play it. It was badass. I like that game. <laughs> that was good. But even like some of the games that... The Flame and the Flood and yeah. um, Tiny Metal and a couple of these other games that I've bought on other systems... Still bought it on Switch. Still bought it on Switch. I'm having a much... Yeah, this is probably a Switch conversation. I'm just having so much more fun playing it on Switch. Switch. I just uh, picked Switch up Bay. Switch is back. Again. I'm talking I'm I was talking about buying Shovel Knight again. Even though I have the full version on my PlayStation, picking up on the Switch so I can take it with me and play. I bought it. Sonic Mania again, but <laughs> let's be honest, that I, was gonna happen regardless. <laughs> I bought Sonic Mania on the Switch knowing that that was the place to play it. I was like, Yeah, I could have it on PC or PlayStation. I did I did too. I did as well. I was like, No, 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 no. That that will live on my Switch. But there are just a lot of people that say that the amount of indie games all over the place, kind of bog. It's very hard for as an indie developer to like get your game to come out of the pile and be successful. You guys think that's true? I mean, it depends on what you define success as. You that's know, good point. I mean, if you're if you are going to an ultra niche audience and that niche audience is really thrilled with your game, then you you're a happy camper. If you're gonna be the next, you know. N- multi-million seller like stardew valley and that's that's what you're gonna gauge as successful then yes you have a very high uphill battle <laughs> for that one that's gonna be a tough you know road to travel but sure more power to you i'm glad that the opportunities are available to you and the tools and this that and the other you just got to get in there and get it done but i i as long as you put time and effort and you're you're developing a what you would consider a real game i don't think you can ever have too many of them Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of picking backing off for this conversation. The second question I had: We got we got our own resident indie dev in chat right now. Chuckle oh, Brian. here we go. He's, he's probably enjoying <laughs> this conversation. So, do you guys think that with a second question, can indie games help bring back a creative renaissance to those AAA and bigger games? Kind of like we kind of the idea of Outlast and kind of how it helped influence Resident Evil Seven. How PUBG and the Battle Royale game is helping influence these different Battle Royale modes for different games. Or even like even just some of the other ideas we talked about. Stuff like Couch Co-op, which we talked about in um, our ChargerCon talk this past weekend. About like kind of bringing that back. Or other ideas like that that we've had kind of way back, way back in the day that now indie games are kind of taking a hold of. Do you think that those indies can kind of help continue or even more so influence those AAA games? I hope that they don't. 
Really? To okay. be honest, yeah. I, 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 I'm fine with there being a very strong distinction between the two. And if I was going to play Battle Royale, I'd ra- rather play it on something considered an indie title than play it on a AAA title. You know, I guess that makes me a hipster gamer, you know what I mean? But it's Put just like, I feel like that the, the the AAA game space does not need help. You know what I mean? They're doing just fine on their own. There's a multi-million dollar, you know, industry's worth of games here. I don't feel like Ubisoft needs a leg up by taking ideas from the indie devs. I, I, I don't want to see, you know, Ubisoft come up with the next Stardew Valley impersonator next year. I don't want to see somebody try and pull off a clicker heroes in the AAA space. I don't, you know what I mean? Just, mm. I, I'd like them to continue to live in their little indie space and me just contribute to them as best I can, mm. personally. Will? Honestly, it's one of those that it depends on where we're coming from. Personally, I'd like to see more games of quality, regardless of where they're coming from. However, I also don't want a slew of just, you know, triple A trash, and I don't want a slew of indie trash. I want better quality games. I think we get too many games as it is. You think so? Yeah, I, I think it's a first world problem that we continuously complain about. There's too many games. Oh, I would no. rather have sel- like nice, high quality select games. Just go get The Witcher Three. You'll be playing it for years just like I'm trying to I still get to beat that game. And actually, uh, CSL in chat, I agree with you. I think, you know, they would do better if they have AAA, or AAA companies have indie divisions. I mean, EA Heck, has I their would, EA, would, whatever that program's called. Yeah, I would love for Nintendo to pick up some indie devs and just let them keep doing their thing. Those are called Nindies. No, no, no. That is their publishing program to get indies on their platform. I mean, like Nintendo own, like they they cut them a paycheck every month. Yeah, make a very small, very. I think like Ubisoft, like like a high quality select curated experience. Ubisoft started doing it. I think EA did it with their program, but I know EA originals. EA originals. um, Ubisoft. They had some small teams. I think whoever did Fey or Fee or something, however you say that. Um, those are two of the developers that have kind of started down that road, but it would be cool to see that. Um, and if they were smart, they would probably look at some of the, like, I hate saying it this way, but some of the, like the, the top up, the top tier indie developers that are out there, the small team say, Hey, we're going to make your team. We want you to create games specifically for our platform or under our banner. We'll help with publishing and stuff like that and give you funds. But you make the game the smaller titles for us that we can kind of su- help edit. It would definitely help supplement their larger offerings mm, instead yeah. of you know oh we've got this big game each year but we also have these smaller games that we've released throughout the year um, from EA as well and kind of get their name out there. That would be cool. Do you think that would hurt? Do you think that could hurt the indie scene because if there people are getting snatched up like that, the people that don't get snatched up. The people that, you know, well, we're still out in the indie space making our own game under our own funding and our own time and stuff like that. Do you think that could hurt them? No. I mean, we've seen kind of similar things in the music industry where mm. you have these big record labels and then we have smaller record labels. I, I don't see a big difference between the music scene and the gaming scene as far as that goes. We're still going to have our Sonys. We're still going to have the Xboxes. We're still going to have the big hardware makers that are also software publishers. I mean, heck, right now the biggest publishing division of Microsoft is their back compat division. They're pu- they're having to republish games like every month. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so if you look at it that way, they're one of the biggest publishers out there. So <laughs> All 
they? No, no, they are because they're having to republish all these games from an old platform into the newer I one. I see where you're coming from, but uh... now let me finish. That doesn't mean they necessarily have new original content, and mm. that's where Microsoft would benefit. Yes, they could benefit from basically any decision at this point. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's sad, considering they're actually outselling last generation, too. Mm. I, I, I don't think that no, Microsoft, on a complete thing, Microsoft is not in as deep a hole as Chris may think, but I, I think a I little bit think, different, a little bit. I don't think they're in a, actually that bad of a hole. I just think they need more original content for I, themselves. only thing I'd say to that is perception's reality. Yeah. That, that's a, like, because they're not doing as well as PlayStation, or as well as Nintendo, they're not going to be doing that well. And it... it, and it I, I really, well, I was going to say, I really believe what would help set Microsoft apart is if they find these high-quality indie devs and then start buying them up. I mean, they, Cuphead. Cuphead. Yeah. Studio, MDHR, they, it's an Xbox exclusive yeah. for consoles, and that was a huge hit. Won a well, lot of game awards. It's also a Play Anywhere title. Yeah, play, play it on PC. Yeah. So. It, uh, it, this actually brought up a, another question I'd ask just on the indie movement. You guys brought up in this last conversation, like how with indies, I, I really feel as though indies have really helped change not only like AAA games, but also just the gaming industry as a whole, as far as like how they're viewed and how they're looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you look at, you know, you go way back to generations past when nobody had the term indie in their mind what do do you guys think that'd be the case like i I, a part of me thinks because of the advent of indies the way that we approach the game industry and game development has changed dramatically from back in the day would you guys agree with that statement disagree i will say it has changed things in the last 10 years for sure yeah, I mean, if anything, it's changed things, but it's also, in a lot of ways, just preserve the old ways. You know, mm-hmm. bringing back so many concepts that, you know, never stopped being fun. They may have been less profitable, but they never stopped being fun. Selling four copies of a game because it only has online multiplayer doesn't change the fact that couch co-op is awesome. You know what I mean? But you, it's not going to sell you a lot of copies of your game, so it doesn't make a whole even lot more, of sense on your side to do that. Even more, the influence of that, the fact that A Way Out, the new game from, um, I can't remember the name of the studio, but Joseph Harris, the guy from the yes. Game Awards, um, they've said that it's co-op only, you can play it on the couch or online, and if you play it online, only one of you needs to have the game purchased. And you can invite somebody else into your session. Mm, that's the cool, The person man. doesn't have to have purchased that game. That's cool. And so, like, you don't, that's, you know, you never see that because immediately publishers are like, what about the money we're losing? Oh, yeah, oh my right? God. Oh. Well, Chuck in chat says it has definitely changed things for him. It, he wouldn't be an indie game developer if it wasn't for the movement. Really? Okay. That's mm-hmm. cool to see from a developer in chat, the good right. old Chuck. It, it's, I think that it's just, I don't know if, games would feel as fun or as fresh like imagine if we were sitting here and we didn't have what we would consider indie games like we more or less wouldn't have had anything to talk about for the I first would, couple of weeks i wouldn't of this year. have sonic mania and i don't want to live in a world where sonic mania doesn't exist <laughs> that's true i wouldn't have hellblade 
I would have got Sonic Forces last year, and that's it. Oh, that's man. all I would have gotten. You would have been like in a deep depression. They, Done. Last year would have really sucked for you as a Sonic. That would have been awful. That would have just been awful. I'd have been like, you guys are never going to get this right. <laughs> no, but I, I, I know. I really think just I'm hoping that the indies continue to help develop more and help become a bigger presence. And I think they are. Oh yeah. Each year they become a much bigger presence. In the gaming space, I mean, think about all the indies we talked about in our Game of the Year coverage last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about all the indies that we like up to this. I mean, up to this point, the two big games that I've, I know I've started throwing around for Game of the Year for us for 2018, um, Iconoclasts, or I've been added in some sections. Celeste is definitely getting added in some sections. Both indie games, and they're really had you know. Granted, we're, we haven't gotten to the point where we've had these big AAA titles. Well, we got, we got Monster Hunter World. We do get mm-hmm. that. We got Dragon Ball Fighters. Mm-hmm. We got those. So. Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, if Wargroove comes out this year, Game of the Year. 100%? Yeah. No question. No, no, that will be Game of the Year. In the title, there you go. Um, Actually, no, uh, March 23rd. A way out. Mm. Okay, so that's not too far. We'll definitely be streaming that. That'll be fun. Hmm. That'll be exciting to play. Yeah. I'm thinking of getting it on Xbox, honestly. Isn't it? It's going to be on everything. It's going to be everything? Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Primarily because if I get it on Xbox, then I can get my sister to play with me, too. She has an Xbox, too? Nice. Okay. Nice. But, no, um, I think I'm definitely appreciative of the indie movement. Can't wait to see where it goes this year. Indeed. Um, we have a lot, of, a lot of our friends of the show are indie developers. Yeah, So right. we would love... We love indies. Ooh. Yes. Um, Give them money. Get good <laughs> our Our second and final topic for this episode... Is based on a conversation that you had, Chris, that you brought up, and we were like, "Oh, that'd be a great topic to talk about." And kind of the title of it, the esports equation for success. So, give us this story. Tell us kind of how kind of your experiences on this, and kind of why we're talking about it. So, I've got two experiences. Uh, you know, both surrounding the Overwatch League. Uh, a very good friend of mine. Those of you who followed me on Incredible Threat Gaming, Ben. Uh, Big sports fan, Ben, uh, uh, big gamer, been gaming his whole life. I talked to him last year, uh, just before the turn of the year, and was telling him how hyped I was on the Overwatch League and how excited I was that they had announced the teams and, you know, how cool it was seeing everything revealed there at uh, BlizzCon, this, that, and the other. And he he basically laughed it off, like, immediately. Like, not. I'm definitely not giving that a chance. I definitely have no interest. That's stupid. That's... That's silly. I'm definitely not watching that. And, you know, I'm not going to fight with anybody. So I was like, okay, that's cool. I, I, note to self, don't bring it up around Ben anymore. He's not really all that interested. And then last week, uh, I was playing some WoW with some friends. And uh, another streamer that we usually streamed with on CTG uh, brought it up, you know, in his company. And he immediately shut me down. He, he used some profane language. And he was like, nope. That's stupid. I will absolutely not be watching it because I was asking about the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. coming up over the weekend for round one and how excited I was because, you know, I don't even watch that many of the games. You guys yeah. watch <laughs> ten times more content than I do, 
But I still, I'm into it. I, I think it's cool. You know, I, mean? I watch you, it about as much as I ever watch NFL. I don't we really keep you updated. You do, yeah. and I, I like it. Like, you know, it, it's nothing against it. I still respect the players. I respect the sport. I think it's the best way it's ever been done, and it, it really changed the entire scene. So I get excited when I'm telling people about it, even though I haven't watched as much as you know a lot of people have. And he immediately shut me down. Like, there's that is stupid. That's not a sport. I'm not watching that. And it's just funny to me, you know, when I brought it up to you guys over the weekend, like how many of my friends who are gamers, you know, these guys absolutely play video games and have for a long time. And some of which like Ben, Ben follows college sports like nobody's business. He knows everybody on every team, who's what, who's red star or red shirt and who's five star and who's going. Oh, wow. Well, he, yeah, he, yeah, oh, he's, he knows entirely more than anybody needs I'm to know. The guy could announce for ESPN, you know what I mean? <laughs> like he's got all of the details on lock. Not just for a single team either, for the mm. league in general. You know what mm. I mean? Any, any Division One A team, he's all about. So to have so many of my friends who like sports and gaming laugh this off as just like a fad or it's never going to last or it can't possibly be a real thing or these people aren't athletes, however you want to spin it. You know what I mean? Just... I found it interesting. I was like, I don't know why he wouldn't want to at least give it a chance. It could yeah. be really cool. It's it's all of the things you like rolled into one. I don't know why you wouldn't want to see this. And it, it kind of, we heard that story and like, oh, that'd be a good epi- something to talk about, a good topic, and kind of bringing up that topic about esports and questions have why hasn't esports taken off like traditional sports, like your NFL or your NBA? You know, what are others like the um, Overwatch League doing to help change that? And what in the final part of that question, what can esports casting really do to reach a larger audience like esports as a whole? Um, what can they do to kind of reach out and grab more people and put it, you know, maybe not at the same part, but like as relevant enough to where it's on like I can go to ESPN and say like, oh, there's the esports section. And I click the esports section and it has all the stuff on there. I mean, what do you guys think? Like, first first question up, like, why do you guys think it hasn't taken off like traditional sports? Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read what uh, Chuck has here in chat. If they stopped bouncing around the camera angles, that would be more interesting. It most likely still wouldn't care. And that's fair. I mean, to each their own. Honestly, I enjoy it because it's something where it's not the NFL. It's not the NHL, although I will watch both of those. Mm-hmm. It's something that's more about our generation specifically than it and younger than it is about the older generation. And do you, do you think that's the case? Is is it's a it's a generational thing? I think it very well may be more generational because look, as the NFL continues on, unless they find a way to change the safety equipment, they're going to have serious like mental issues after all these concussions and things like that. And so there's safety things there. The worst thing you got to worry about is you know, oh man, a carpal tunnel. Man, that's a, that's a now, serious condition that affects millions of Americans across the and world. And <laughs> there's anxiety issues and stuff. Like, there yeah. could be more than just that, to be fair. No, but I'm saying as an example, it's not like you're going to concuss yourself. It's not like you're going to oh, put it's, yourself it's a, I would never say it's near. more dangerous. No. No. no, what if you, you, you hit that keyboard too hard and one of the keys flies and it cuts I, your hand? You've got to pull mean, out. For, you got to be on IR. they got to put you on injuries. they got to get... Oh, man, it's... it's no, I'm just kidding. Dude, I'm, I'm, kidding. I'm joking. I mean, honestly, like it's one of those where really I just don't see the older generations getting it. Now, at the same time, could I maybe convince my father to watch it for a minute? Yeah, and then he's gonna be like, "That's not Alabama football." 
He's going to put yeah, the right. Alabama football game or any of his hundreds of hours of taped Alabama games back on. And he'll be like, mm. We have uh, taped Alabama games. Oh man, he's so old. He's gone. We don't have he's to gone. tape we our. Can't, we can't. Well, I'm watch. saying tape. We can watch them on DVR. VOD <laughs> online on the internet. <laughs> no, it's, no, and it's definitely one of those. Though, in all seriousness, like, it's it's for me. It's something where it's like, oh, cool. These guys are playing. I can pop in and play and do my own thing, and I can at least get a perspective like they would have. Whereas a football player like Cam, out of the three of us, you're the only one who's played football at a higher level than just like, hey, let's grab a football and throw it outside. That's mm-hmm. true. So you're going to get it from a better perspective because you've been involved in it. Whereas me, I'll watch it from the sky, but like like up in the nosebleeds because I've been to you know Dolphins games and sat in the nosebleeds before. But, I mean, come on. I don't have a player's perspective. I just don't. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've, I've sat there. I'll watch the game like, oh, why didn't you just cut up? Straight ahead like this. Why you missed that hole? Hold the ball like this. That's why you fumbled. And you can ask my wife. She'll be like, "Why are you <laughs> like looking at me?" I'm like, "Why are you doing this? Run straight. Stop running. This <laughs> run north and south, not east and west." And it, it's that's true. I mean, but I, I like I definitely see your point of potentially being a generational thing and a generational gap. Kind of esports is the new thing. But like, why? Why do you guys think it's at this point? Like, Chris, you're. You have friends that play actively yeah, yeah. play like, I'm not games. talking generational, you know what I mean? Like, like they, these are people who should be interested like in they're, they're just playing not. and they just like and they're shutting it down before even watching. My thing on it, I think, is the the culture that esports has fostered up till now. Because I think we can all say that they that Blizzard has changed the game when it comes to esports. I watched League of Legends tournaments. I watched Dota 2 tournaments. I've watched some Halo tournaments. I've watched the these things they're nothing like what you see out of overwatch league from the colors of the jerseys to the camera angles they're using to the better announcing staff to the mobile companion apps to the you know get to know the player uh you know on-demand videos and this that or, and the other hey how about each team has their own post-game like conference and they actually talk about it and they uh, like one of my favorite things about the outlaws is like, hey, during during the game, submit your questions for the post game, you know, press conference, you know, and tweet them at tweet at them, and you actually get player interaction. Like the players are out there tweeting. Well, actually, you can tweet them, and they'll actually answer. Yeah, people like um, they're real human viewer beings. questions instead of just like having somebody in a press box like, hey, so da, 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 have some reporter ask you some random questions. No, no, like they'll they'll have them ask those questions that were from the audience. At the conference afterwards. And that's I think, cool. And did not now, know that. I don't know if the other teams are doing that, but that's one thing I do see the Outlaws doing, and I actually like it because it's they're, they have a team that's constantly interacting with the public. But it's so crazy. If if we didn't say anything about eSport or the game that was being played and we started talking to people like, oh, yeah, the Houston Outlaws beat the London, you know, the Houston Outlaws beat the Dallas Fuel. It was a really close game. It, it came down to the really last score. It was but never. Like, you hear no. that. We talk about, day. we walk into the, like, the second question, like, why um, stuff like the Overwatch League is kind of helping to change that. If you're talking about the Overwatch League, unless you mention Overwatch or video game or um, eSport in any way, you would not know that we were talking about you you'd ask like what are we talking about? You think it's some like in, in are these some new NFL teams or NHL team that we don't know about? Mm. Or is this no. like some small league football team? Are they bringing soccer to America finally? Yeah, what's right. going on? And and like these, 
I think, like you talked about, Chris, Blizzard came in and just changed the game for esports because you have city-based teams, which people already understand. Like, yes. it's so easy to understand that. Much easier to understand than Cloud9 and like, these other what? esports teams. Laser just... Phaser, I, that's probably not a real name. I don't know. Cloud9 I mean, is. Cloud9 I mean, Cloud Major, Major Laser is a, like a musician. Yeah, know, that's so. probably where I got it from. <laughs> taser <laughs> Face. Yeah, Taser <laughs> Face. Taser <laughs> Face. But, I, like, in the... We, I think we've all agreed the production value on the Overwatch League is far and above anything we've ever seen mm. in any esports element. And even just the rules, you know, that people have been cut, you know, people have been put on leave or whatever for short periods of time due to acting out and doing things that they're not supposed to do that would tarnish the state of the league in its infancy here. Mm. I, I do like the fact that also the teams have been helping just enforce where the league is coming from you know so the teams and the owners of the teams are standing behind the league it's not just like oh well you know they said to do this but we're gonna do our own thing no it, it is very much like the iron fist of god boom and right I, on and here. i think that's one of the things as well and i'm glad that blizzard is doing this because they've always promoted good well-being amongst the gamers and all their games and their content that in order to help change that the overwatch league they they have a very strong no tolerance to any type of abuse, whether mental or physical or emotional, anything like that. Like when don't they were disparage, taking, don't disparage people. Don't be a jerk. The whole XQC thing with the Dallas Fuel. Mm -hmm. uh, the funny, as funny as it was, the um, bird ring fiasco. Oh, from where, the Spitfire. Uh, from the Spitfire and flipping off the camera when he thought nobody was looking. The um, it's a camera. They're always on. Yeah, just assume, assume they're always on. Always assume thought. they're on. Um, a lot. What are the some of the rules they have in place uh, when they started taking down people who had like the Pepe the Frog signs yeah. in um, the crowds and things like that because it had very racist overtones to it. Uh, you do not see other esports like, arenas do this. They're not. They're actually out there saying you can't do that. Knock it off or get out. And then you're when they're painting the crowd at the Blizzard arena, you have. Children and the you have your parents with their kids and like yeah go outlaws and couples and everybody having fun and having a great time just like if they were when they painted at your local NFL stadium you see the same people like very family friendly nothing crazy it's not the XFL no it's and I think that's one of the big strong points for them going in and how the Overwatch League is make, helping with this 180 hopefully on changing people's perceptions like I I will be one I. I could watch esports, but I did not care very much about esports. But when mm -hmm. I saw Overwatch League, I'm like, okay, I already like Overwatch number one. But then I actually started watching the game. Like, okay, this is where can I pre-order my jersey? Yes, click purchase. Are you actually going to get a Valiant jersey? Yes, I'm going to get the um, complete side note. Going to get the ones from the website that actually has the names on them with the numbers. I'm getting soon because it just seems fucking awesome. Soon is like the trickiest sneak, sneakiest tracer you've ever seen. Trixie Hobbitses. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. All I gotta say is Lynxer is pretty dope. I just I love the fact that when you you watch an LA total <laughs> off the rails already, total you watch a um, LA Valiant game, and if soon does anything that's awesome, like you know, like he'll get like a triple kill off of a um, pulse bomb. The entire crowd there is just like, Soon. 
<laughs> so awesome. And it's stuff like that, like that makes it feel very different from what you would think an esport would be. Right. And because you're, I'm not going to League of Legends. I'm not going to hear. I just hear people go, yeah. And then you hear the shoutcasters spouting, oh my god, he's going to the final. Yeah, oh my god, he completed. I'm like, what happened on the screen? I don't. I don't. Yeah, I was, I was into Dota. I was watching Dota. I was enjoying myself watching it. So I guess maybe I'm not the right person for this topic. So I was kind of digging Dota, See, you know, Invitational or whatever. The problem is, it wasn't the esports around Dota that was the problem. It's the community around Dota that's mm. the problem. Well, and the only thing with Dota and League of Legends is just that it's very hard to understand. I don't play, I don't, I can play games, but I, I can't understand MOBAs. Mm-hmm. And I think it, even with Overwatch, that's still like, I understand Overwatch, but I could see from somebody watching it, they may not understand Overwatch, but they at least have, it's not as hard to explain Overwatch as it would be for League of Legends, in my opinion. Like when people talk about, Juggling mm-hmm. and oh, jungling is that jungling. it? Jungling. Yeah, jungling. Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? They would they would have a well. I'll tell you off. I, w- I was gonna say I was like, are we actually doing this? Are we giving a, are we giving a tutorial? <laughs> no, we'll we'll talk off mic. But um, the last question for here, like, what do you, what do we think that esports can do to help reach a larger audience? Um, should they be following more examples like the Overwatch League? Are there other things that? they could be doing to kind of help reach and broaden their horizons. Like I said, to not necessarily be as large as like the NFL or the NBA, but have a sizable, like enough to get them on the ESPN main page where they could actually, there's a, like an esports link they can click and you can go to see your esports. I mean, it's hard to say. So I've, I've got two different things on this and they're kind of big. Uh, the first being that I don't know that at this stage it's even worth having that conversation. You know what I mean? It, okay. We are one round into one season into the league that is Overwatch. You know what I mean? So it's like, are they really worried about getting on the front page of ESPN right now? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's doing incredibly well. Probably better than they even thought it was going to be doing. You know, the numbers are just so high to the point where now they're already thinking about inviting more teams into the league and this, that, and the other. Like... I, I don't think that that's a conversation that they're too terribly worried about having right now. They're doing very well. I don't expect, I don't think anybody expected them to be considered a legitimate sport one season in, you know? So I'm sure it's on somebody's mind, but I don't know that they're probably having active negotiations about mm-hmm. what we can do to try and bring in people who aren't paying attention. You know, okay. it, I find it odd and I find it, you know, that's why I posed it as a topic for today. I find it odd that people like Ben are not interested just off the cuff. But, you know, I'm sure that they are coming up with some sort of idea on how to fix it. Uh, second note, though, is in terms of ideas of how to fix it, I've, I'm so excited, and maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm really excited about the prospect of having this female player playing for the Shanghai Dragons. Yes, um, Kajuri? G- I think that's what you're saying. I, I'm not sure. I'm uh, not yeah, sure. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I'm, I think it's so cool to have a sport out there that everybody's on the same playing field. We don't have an LPGA type of style thing or a WNBA type style thing. It's just get in here. If you're one of the best of the best, we don't care. Get in here. It doesn't matter your gender, your sexual preferences, or anything about what you got going on personally. If you're an excellent player, we have room for you. You know what I mean? Come on in here, get started, get ready to rock and roll. You're going to have your fans and your following, and 
things are going to look up for you. You just got to be awesome. And it doesn't matter that you're a girl or a guy or whatever. And I think that that a lot of female players who play Overwatch will find a lot of empowerment in that. I, That's uh, true. You know, I talked to my wife about it and she, you know, felt very similarly that she was excited that, you know, the idea that men and women could be playing the same sport and not be handicapped in any way between the two of them. That's just an exciting idea. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Any thoughts, Will? Honestly, I love the fact that they're requiring the players to hold a certain social standard as far as how they handle themselves. Because yeah. uh, they're setting examples. Yeah. And I love the fact that they're forcing that example to be set one way or another. Now, you may say this is kind of a weird territory to be in to make people do, but you're signing a contract to play in their league and you're on their stadium. I mean, that's what... That's what other leagues do to their players. NBA, NFL. How many NBA and NFL and all, like all those other players have their like, not necessarily you don't have to jump to this scope yet, but like they have their own charities. They do a lot of community service, things of that nature. And if for what they or Overwatch specifically was doing as far as reaching into esports, like why shouldn't we view esports players any different? And you shouldn't. Um, but I do love that they're from the, from the get go. They're like, no, we will hold this standard, and you will meet it, or you will pay the consequences. Yeah. And I do like the fact that, like, look, like XQC is a perfect example. Don't disparage another player in your league, man. At the end of the day, you guys are all players for your teams, which is part of the league. Yeah. And this isn't because you're a Houston Outlaws fan. No. <laughs> I, I just wanted to, I wanted to clear that up. That's Thank no, you. No. Thank you for saying it because it would have been bad coming from me. <laughs> no. But from you, it's probably fine. Totally, well, totally. no, this goes to Burger King, too. Don't be a jackass on stage. Like, just be a person. Go out there, do your best, and then if you have things to say that aren't friendly, you know, keep them to yourself. That, I, I see with um, CSL and his comment there. I agree with, uh, he, he makes a comment in Twitch chat, uh, the biggest difference in my mind between this and sports ball is that throwing a b- ball around is much easier to understand than Overwatch. Pick any random person and they won't understand jack about what is happening in that league. I understand to a point, my wife does not understand football at all. And I do have to explain to her, like, here are the rules, the 10-yard line, getting first down. Like, what's that yellow line on the screen? That Maybe that's first down. That's not actually on the field. <laughs> like, it's not on the field. Like, how's it moving? And, and it, But I, I think, again, that's to each his own. You know, we're... If you explain Overwatch to a gamer, yeah, they'll understand it. If you under if you explain football to a sports general sports person, they can understand it. And so, you know, again, each his own. But I, I see where you're going with it. There, is he? Everybody's no, we're all jumping in here. <laughs> <laughs> Stig's in chat. Hey, Stig, what's going on? But no, I. What can esports do to reach a lar- larger audience? I think Overwatch League is helping to set an example. For a lot of people in esports, um, I think the big one is just clear out, help clear out the toxicity mm. around your games. I think, you know, probably one of the reasons I don't watch Dota or League of Legends at all is just because I've heard about the community surrounding those games and, like, why do I want to be a part of that? Why do I want to affect that unto myself? Mm. The other one I think is, and even CSO to your point in Twitch chat, is that. You have to make these games easy to look at and understand. I think that immediately this is a visual game. And if you're watching this game from the get-go and you don't understand anything about what's going on, you're like, what's going on? Click. 
go to the next thing. True, true. Um, and I think that Overwatch is, does a good job of at least just, again, I've talked about the production value, but like you can see on the screen what the total, what the overall score is. The health of all the players on the, on the field. You can see their health, their ultimate status. Yeah. And it's just like for a lot of other esports games, it's a lot like I pick on uh, MOBAs, but you're walking through all this map. I'm like, okay, hold on. What's, what are they doing up there? We're painting up here. Why are they attacking these little guys? Why are they attacking the pylon or the, the castle or whatever it is? And um, I think that having that production value in of like helping to explain people. And even I, we like the Overwatch League here, apparently, as you can tell, but going in when, especially at the start of the seasons, when they were, the shoutcasters were explaining, like, if you don't know what this means, let me take the time to explain it to you right now. And they would actually spend a few minutes, like, if you if hear this, here's a circle. Okay, this is what this means. And this is why this is relevant into this match. Mm. It was really it was really cool. I was really excited to see that um, in an eSport. And I would, I would hope that other eSports kind of pick up off that mm. to help make it easier for people to enter in. And then once, once they're involved in committed then you'll be able to make fans out of them yeah i guess my most curiosity was just less of the broad perspective of how do you get everybody interested more just why aren't people who should be interested interested i mean why why do you why do you why do you think that i mean that was the question i just Mm. uh, people are just dismissive i i think that they I don't know how you get over the stigma of years and years of bad esports that weren't doing it properly and weren't making it easy to follow and weren't going out of their way with the team jerseys and this, that, and the other. I think it it left a bad uh, taste in a lot of people's mouths. Ben used to watch Dota. He watched the Invitational, the International. He he watched it with me. You know, the first year it was on, he hasn't watched it since. Well, I think the the other one with that, and then just answering that question for you and for people listening, is that me personally, I think it's just the fact that esports as a whole is not legitimized. Mm. When you when you put the e when you say esports, they think about sport, and people already have a preconceived notion of what sport is involving physical activity. You're outside. You're doing something crazy with the ball or something that or other, and. But when, when this isn't the case, yes, you're most mostly stationary, but the thing is there is skill involved in this. You have to have great hand-eye coordination and moving your keyboard and mouse around, knowing where to go, understanding your map, having different strats and formations. It's all, and don't get caught out of place because uh, that happened to Jake when they were playing London. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't like that, did he? No. No, he didn't like that at all. And I think that, I think that because of there is not a legitimization of esports especially me like Ben and some of those guys that are big sports fans. And you would think, dude, you should definitely be involved in this get so dismissive because they already have this preconceived notion of what sports are. Mm. And they're just like, Oh, what you can't, it goes to this age old question is, are, is esports a sport? Right. And I think that's what it brings that broader question of like this whole argument of like, Oh, well you're not actively doing anything, but I mean, golf you more or less stand around and shoot pop a ball with a club and then you walk you don't really do any movement other than that um uh, chess is considered a sport and that's a board game for all intents and purposes so yeah why can't video games be a sport well the way i see it is does espn cover it 
Serious question. Does ESPN cover it? ESPN has their own esports channel. Yes, they do. Oh, I'm sorry. If the literal people behind sports uh, and covering it and all that. And sticking they, their chat. they were following drone racing recently enough, though. I'm not sure. Have you, have you actually ever looked into drone racing? It's drone cool. racing is it's pretty it's cool. cool as heck. I don't know if I would call it. I don't know what I would call it. It's psychotic, I guess, is the only thing. No, I, I think that's the closest thing we'll ever get, at least in our lifetimes, to having like an actual... Uh, what's uh, pod racing? That's the closest yeah, thing yeah. to it. It, um, I like Stigander's comment here. Um, honestly, I think 90% of esports interest is a good shoutcaster. That's probably true. How many soccer fans are out there just because they watched a clip of somebody hitting a goal and the shoutcaster's like, Goal! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy's taking his shirt off. Like, out on the field. So, I mean, that, I think that's a portion of good esports. But um, I think there's a lot more that goes in. Me personally, I think there's a lot more that gets involved into it. Um, Chuck says chess is not a sport. Chess players even say that chess is not a sport. <laughs> uh, I, I'm under the impression that chess was a sport. I, I mean, it's it's to each his own. Like I don't. It, it's a hell of a mental exercise when you're if you're ever competing against like grandmaster level people. It's true. Don't tell me what is and isn't a sport, Chuck. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Chess players don't know. <laughs> Chess grandmasters have no idea what chess is. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, I think the solution is I'll just go ahead and send Ben a jersey. So if you guys want to let me know which, if you guys in chat let me know what jersey to send Ben. Shanghai. Yeah, Shanghai. Shanghai, Shanghai is the Shanghai. one. Shanghai. I mean, I just ordered my Linkser jersey right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, okay. I'll get my soon jersey. When we. The um, Valiant and the Outlaws do play in March, so we'll come Good. in. We'll both we have jerseys. Have we will have a watch party for that, definitely. Um, uh, guys, I think that's it for this episode of the Rocket Punch Cast, episode eighty-eight. Um, I think we had a lot of good conversations, a lot of in-depth for for a light news week. We had a lot of great conversations there. Um, as always, guys, we thank you for tuning in via Twitch and listening via podcast services. If you, again, always remember, you can always go to rockpunchgo.com to find all of the content and the stuff we make. Um, please, if you're listening via audio, throw us a rate and review. Take a few minutes. Go over to your podcast service. Give us a review. Let us know how we're doing so we can help improve it and make it better for you. Um, if you're on Twitch, you're watching us via Twitch, make sure to click that heart to follow us. If you have an Amazon Prime membership, if you would not mind throwing us your free Twitch Prime subscription, uh, that we would definitely appreciate that helps us out as well, just as it does on our Patreon. If you want to help us out and support the show, Patreon or rocketpunchgo.com, or you know, dude, he's pointing up top, patreon.com slash rocketpunch. You can go there and help support the show, get cool, awesome swag in the process there. Um, anything else that you guys have? Think of anything I missed? Not this time. Not this time. Not this time. I'm, so, I'm keeping an eye on you, though. Yeah, it's like you, so you're insinuating that there are some times where I missed up. Yes, I'm absolutely throwing. I, it I mean, to be fair, we are all humans. Uh, we are nowhere near perfect. So yes, we all miss things. We are, we are human after all. So, yep, that's definitely true. Thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Toodaloo.